We've been in a series called Why Jesus Came, and I don't know about you, but I've thoroughly enjoyed these lessons by Vince and Bruce and Thurman. They've done an excellent job preaching to us, teaching to us, illustrating to us why Jesus came. Let me do some review for you. In the very first lesson, I told you some reasons Jesus came. There are 30 plus reasons why Jesus came, many of which he told us, this is why I have come. For example, as for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. So that's one of the reasons Jesus came. <clears throat> Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul writes that. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of his people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is... There's trees in my way. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Pilate said to Jesus, you are a king then. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. We keep reading, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So today, we'll come back to that. So let me, let me say this. In, in, the, in the next lesson, Vince illustrated to us that Jesus came to die. Bruce then illustrated for us, I'm sorry, Thurman illustrated for us, Jesus came to preach. Bruce came and he showed us that Jesus came to redeem. Last week, Vince showed us that Jesus came to bring peace and the sword, and today... We're going to talk about Jesus came to be the light of the world, as Pam and Mickey have already introduced and showed us that. So let me begin with an illustration. Maybe you've been to Carlsbad Caverns or any other cavern, and if you've been in a cavern, many times, most of the times what they do is when they get you to the deepest, deepest place, they turn all the lights off. And when they turn those lights off, it illustrates how completely dark, and silent the earth is. In fact, I can't do that today with Christmas lights, but let me dim the lights. We're going to dim the lights here so we know the importance of light. We still have light on the edges, and we still have light here, and we still have natural light, but if you're in the middle of a cavern, it goes completely dark. So we want to illustrate today that Jesus came to be the light of the world, to be light, to be light in the midst of the world. To be light in the midst of a dark world. And so let me illustrate again. Can you imagine using one of the first light bulbs? Can you might imagine trying to plug that puppy into one of your sockets? 
By October of 1879, Thomas Edison's team had produced the first light bulb that would last 14 and a half hours. They worked on that and continued to experiment until they came up with a bulb with a lifetime of 1,200 hours. And that was the standard for about the next 10 years. You might know Thomas Edison. He is, his company formed with GE, General Electric, and research and development over the next many, many years continued to illustrate that the bottom line is this. We depend on light. We've come to depend on light. I mean, think about that. Think about the ways that we've learned to live with light and have learned to depend on light. It wasn't that many years ago, <coughs> excuse me, and even the last few days we were concerned when the grid failed, when Snowmageddon came and the grid failed. And we learn quickly how much we depend on electricity. And we learn quickly how much we depend on light. I mean, consider all the things that light does. For example, light enables us to see. Can you imagine going to a restaurant in the dark and just wondering what you're eating? Light enables us to see. Can you imagine going to a doctor's appointment and that be completely in the dark and the doctor trying to figure out what it is your problem is? Light enables us to see. Light also exposes things hidden by darkness. Some of you go walking at night and you use a light, a flashlight, a headlamp light because you want to be able to see where you're walking. You don't want to stumble. You turn on the light when you get up at night or you have a night light so you don't stumble over furniture or toys. Light also reveals. It reveals the dust in the room. It reveals the bumps in the road. It reveals things that are hidden. It reveals things of which we were unconscious. Light also influences. Light influences our physiology and our psyche. Light influences our body and our metabolism and our blood circulation. Light influences our mood and our well-being. Light influences our fatigue. Light influences our work productivity. Light serves as a fuel for our human bodies. Light influences the growth of plants. Light synchronizes. It synchronizes our internal clock. It harmonizes our internal clock, which enables our bodies to function in a certain rhythm. So... Long before Thomas Edison and General Electric brought us light, God brought us light, as we've already seen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. But God didn't just give us light in the world, God gave us the light of the world. That's why Jesus came, to be light, to be light in the world. In fact, that's how Jesus described himself. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus came to be light of the world. Jesus came to be light of your world. Jesus came to be light of our world, and he said, whoever follows me will never live in darkness. 
And I've always found it interesting, and I've always loved that when God sent His Son into the world, when God sent the light of the world into the world, the moment in time when that happened, God gave the light of the world His own light. When God was announcing Jesus to the world, when God was announcing Jesus as the light of the world, we read, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw His star in the east and have come to worship Him. Isn't that interesting? I thought they were all His. In fact, the way Paul describes it, he says, For by Him... All things were created, things in heaven and on earth. All things were created by Him and for Him. So if Jesus created all things, and if Jesus created the universe, and if Jesus created all the stars, visible and invisible, and yet when the day came for Jesus to be born, God assigned one of the stars that Jesus created and said, as if all of them weren't already His, God assigned one of the stars and said, this is your star. This one is yours. God assigned one specific star, one specific light to point to the light of the world. Let me share a few verses with you from Scripture. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You probably know that. A lot of people quote those verses, but in context we keep reading. <clears throat> this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. John says people either love the light or they love the darkness. If you love the light, that love controls your actions. If you love the darkness... That love controls your actions. Here's how John begins his gospel. <clears throat> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. John says that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to be light. Jesus came to shine light in the darkness. Jesus came to be light and shine light in your darkness. We keep reading about light. Your word, isn't Jesus the word? In the beginning was the word, and the word became... Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. 
We keep reading. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Jesus said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Here's how John begins in 1 John. He said, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Isn't that interesting? I'm thinking he could just say, and in him is no darkness. In him is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. John describes our journey with God as a walk. Our journey of faith is a walk. And you cannot walk with God. You cannot have fellowship with God and walk in darkness. So, John says, we cannot claim to have fellowship and walk in darkness. We cannot claim to have fellowship and continue to sin. So maybe we should ask, what does it mean to walk in darkness? How do I know if I'm walking in darkness? Well, it means we live in such a way that we ignore God and we forget God or we rarely have any thought about God. What does it mean to walk in the light? Well, if the light in this world enables us to see and exposes and reveals and influences and proves and changes, then the light of the world does the same thing. Jesus exposes our sins and Jesus reveals to us what the Father is like and Jesus exposes the darkness in our lives and Jesus influences every day we live and He changes us to be more like Him. Here's what Paul writes and Peter writes. Jesus has rescued us From the dominion of darkness. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Jesus is the light of the world. Light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Let's sing about the light of the world right now. In what is perhaps the first sermon Jesus ever preached or series of sermons he ever preached, many people think the Sermon on the Mount was some of his first sermons, discourses. Here's what Jesus says. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said, He has come to be light. And then He turns to every one of us and says, You are the light of the world. So don't hide your light. Don't cover up your light. Don't be ashamed of your light. Let your light shine. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, while I am in the world, while he's in the world, I am the light of the world. But Jesus isn't in the world anymore. Jesus has ascended. And so now Jesus turns to us and says, okay, I'm gone. But my light in you, my light in your heart, you are the light of the world. 
And we need to be reminded of that. Here's what Paul writes, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light and find out what pleases the Lord. I think we need to be reminded at Christmas why Jesus came. And we've been looking at that. And today, Jesus came to be light. And we need to be reminded, not only did Jesus come to be light, Jesus came to be light in us. And He wants us to be the light of the world and in the world. Christmas isn't about what we get. Christmas is about what we give. And God gave us His Son To be light. And Jesus calls each one of us. There are people in this world. There are people this Christmas season. That need to see the light. See the light of the world. And they do that because of us. So to remind us. We might need to go back a few years to when we were younger. So I've asked Thurman to lead us in this song. To remind us that we are the light of the world.